Hello, this is Judy Bartkoviak from NLP and EFT Kids, uh, recording a podcast today about learning struggles. Um, it's quite uh, relevant, uh, in fact, because I've recently been on a three-day online course with Sue Knight, um, which was wonderful. But in a way, it sort of took me back to school in that um, the sessions were five hours and um, it was quite intense. There was no sort of hiding place because we were on Zoom uh, and it was a small enough group that you couldn't turn your camera off or, or hide under the desk or anything like that. Uh, so um, it was really important to be able to concentrate not get distracted. Um, and I'm an absolute fidget pot. Um, I don't know whether you've got a child like that, but I have to use a standing desk um, because I just find after a fairly embarrassingly short time that I just can't sit still. And so um, I was using my standing desk. But even so, I'm sort of moving from foot to foot and looking everywhere and obviously listening at the same time. But I can imagine that um, if I was doing that in a classroom, I'd probably get told off and given a detention. Anyway, what I'm saying is that we all can have learning struggles. Um, might be with a particular teacher, a particular subject, might be on a particular day a particular time of day, maybe you're hungry, maybe you've just eaten. Um, we, we, we can all identify with these sort of learning struggles. So it's not um, limited to those who perhaps have a label that uh, relates to learning struggles. I'm talking about um, just everyone, all of us really. And obviously, because of the work I do specifically, um, talking about um, children and of course, nowadays, they may have masks, they may have other limitations, there may be restrictions, uh, maybe the window has to be open and it's cold or, or whatever. So here are some of the things that um, I'm going to be, that, that this is relating to specifically. So things like sitting still, which I've just mentioned, I find quite tricky. Um, concentrating, you know, concentrating for a long time. Now, you know, if you've, you've heard of vision auditory and kinesthetic. I've certainly um, uh, spoken about these in uh, previous podcasts. If you're visual, you're looking for things to be seen, things written up, pictures, diagrams, colour. Um, so a teacher who uses those in their resources and materials will obviously engage better if your child is visual. If your child's auditory, um, a lower voice like mine is better than a higher pitched voice. Um, and a slower voice because on the whole auditory children process a bit slower um, and so if say you've got a very bubbly sort of fairly high voiced teacher being very enthusiastic your auditory child might struggle to follow that and um, and sometimes I feel that children are inclined to blame themselves if they can't follow and think that they're stupid. That's their first thought. Oh, why can't I follow it? Well, I can't understand. I'm confused. I'm, you know, um, and they blame themselves. But actually, it's a sort of 50-50 in the sense that, you know, the person who's doing the communicating may simply be um, have a different uh, way of processing uh, than they do. 
and kinesthetic um, that's, um, you know, very uh, needs to move. So kinesthetic learners really enjoy any subject, any uh, that's going to involve them getting actively involved. So um, concentration will be affected by that. And, and just children knowing what they are and being able to recognise that in their teacher just helps enormously in them having some compassion for themselves and some patience and saying, right, well, it's such and such a person's class. I need to remember, I really need to focus. I need to maybe make some notes in this class. I need to be sure that I'm following it. Keeping quiet, you know, when a teacher actively engages with the class and, you know, a, a child really wants to ask a question, answer a question, you know, it's hard to sort of, you know, hold back. Um, just as it for some children, it's hard to even put their hand up, isn't it? Taking turns, you know, it takes a lot of patience. And if you're very enthusiastic, you know, that can be difficult. Um, making friends. Now, I know a lot of children struggle with that. I certainly see lots of children for that. And, and to some extent, that comes down to confidence. And we work a lot on confidence and resilience um, for making friends. Um, spelling. Some um, struggle with spelling. Now, I can recommend you to Olive Hickmott there. Olive Hickmott, I think her website's called Empowering Learning. Um, and she uses visual spelling techniques and visualization, which are wonderful. And I've actually got some of her books. Um, you can obviously buy them from her, um, but I do actually have some. If you if you um, go to my website, um, you'll see some on there. Or just get in touch with me. I've got them, and that also links to words moving on the page. So if they don't struggle with the academic side of school, they may still struggle with sport or the social aspects. I mean, I know that, for instance, a lot of boys in particular, uh, because it's sort of expected that boys will love football, you know, if they don't, they can feel that they've rather sort of, they're, they're not one of the, the, the group, they're not one of the gang. And we all have things we enjoy and things we don't enjoy, things we're good at, things we struggle at, um, and that's normal. And it's helpful to accept this rather than fight it. Um, because, uh, you know, there'll be some things that you're really good at. You can't be good at everything. Nobody's good at everything. Sometimes for a child, it will feel like they are. They'll look, at, you know, cross at somebody else in the class, answering the questions and thinking, oh, why aren't I smart like them? But they may be smart in another way. You know, school only really focuses on a certain part of our education. It's not holistic. It's really very sort of subject topic sort of dominated but there are loads of other aspects of our education and our development our personal development um, that are things that in the future when children go to work will be extremely important it's not just about passing the exams and that's not just what you know your future employer will want nor indeed your future clients if you're planning to work for yourself and start a business so the first thing I want to look at is um, uh, how we process what we experience, because there are three things here that are important to know. And these are deletions, distortions and generalizations. So the first one we're going to look at is generalizing. So when we think about our child and their, str and their struggles, do you use words like always? Oh, 
He always struggles in maths. He always struggles in the lesson after lunch. He always, she always struggles when she's sitting next to such and such a person. Is there a never, you know, like, oh, they never listen. They never put their hand up. Is it an everyone? Everybody else understands, but I don't. Or is it a no one? Oh, no one likes me. Or can't. Oh, I can't do my homework. These words ignore the exceptions, the times when they can do a thing. I've certainly um, had children in my therapy room who actually define themselves by what they can't do. You know, they'll say, I'm so-and-so, I'm autistic, ADD or whatever, so I can't concentrate or I can't whatever, uh, can't focus. Uh, And they're sort of preparing me, but then they go on to show me absolutely remarkable concentration. And when when I give them that feedback, they say, oh, it's because you're interesting or because, you know, it's one on one or whatever. But the thing is, if you've got it there, you have got that skill. Um, And it's about then believing in yourself and taking that skill into the group place or the classroom place because you do have it. And children tend to generalise and think that they don't have it in one place, so therefore they just don't have it at all. So they tend to generalise their struggles as if they're part of a homogenous group. All of them have the same issues. But in, in my experience, this isn't the case. We're all individuals. We're all unique And we all process our world slightly differently, depending on our own experiences, our life experiences, our memories, our family, um, all sorts of aspects like that. So when you hear a generalization, um, then the question to ask is, well, in fact, it's called a clean question, is just to repeat that back to them. When they say, oh, no one played with me today, no one or if I didn't I hated every minute of school today every minute so that's what I mean you don't need to sort out their problem you don't need to fix their problem just reflect back what they've just said so that they can then qualify what they've said and it might be well I did play with so and so I did play with Joe actually in the in the break oh that's good to hear what did you play So, you know, you don't, when they present something to you, if you hear a generalization, just reflect it back for them to just to examine that and think, okay, am I catastrophizing a bit here? Am I dramatizing it? I'm definitely generalizing, you know, what, what actually happened? And, you know, maybe there were some good parts of the day. We also delete in a variety of ways. Um, which means that they're not specific uh, about whatever they're experiencing. Uh, They might uh, only notice a part of the story. Um, So when you hear something that's quite vague, like, oh, school's rubbish, Um, oh, that teacher's useless, or um, my friend does everything better than me, Um, just find out exactly it's again it's a bit like the generalization really sort of try to drill down to exactly what happens so good questions there would be when does this happen is it in every lesson with every teacher how does it happen what exactly happens who does what what happens first what happens just before what happens after who says what to whom what exactly did you say 
Um, so that's about really focusing on the detail. And the third thing is distortion. We distort by mind reading and fortune telling, as it were. Um, someone told a friend of mine that her daughter would never get a job because she was dyslexic. This was a huge error of judgment because my friend's a sports physio and has a thriving business. She's also dyslexic and studied for her qualifications at a university where they could provide the learning materials in a way that meant she could learn effectively and was able to take her course in four years to allow her longer to study each module. Another friend was told that her niece would be unemployable because her ADHD made her impossible. She's very happy working in a care home where her attention to detail is really appreciated. She remembers exactly what each uh, resident's uh, children are called when they're almost when their birthdays are, when, when what you know medication they need to take, which television programs they like. That attention to detail um, can be a problem for some, but can be an absolute gift um, in in the right circumstances or in certain circumstances. So the focus when children have struggles is what they struggle with, what they find difficult, but what if we looked at things another way and focus on what they find easy? This is what we do in NLP. It's a concept of beliefs of excellence. When we know what we can do well with ease and with excellence, we can extract the underlying belief about how we do it and look to see where we can apply that belief elsewhere in our life. You can help your child do this. So how to use modelling with modelling their own excellence with your child? Ask them what they find easy. Make a list. It's great to make a list. What do they find easy? And if they mention an activity, a sport or a hobby, delve deeper. Thinking about that activity, sport or hobby, what skills, strengths or competences enable you to do that well? What specifically is involved when you do that thing well? So, for example, if I was thinking about tennis, which, as you know, I'm pretty keen on, my list might include being able to move fast, anticipate where the ball would land, be strategic about where to place the ball, hit the ball hard, being able to judge how high so it goes over the net, keeping track of the score, paying attention and so on. You might need to help them with making a list because what I find is that the the things that we find easy to do, we rather sort of shrug our shoulders and say, well, that, that's that's easy. Anyone can do that. But actually, um, it's important um, to find that underlying belief. So when you have their list and uh, and the accompanying belief, ask them to think about how they could use that belief in another area of their life. And for this, it helps to think about which particular aspect of their life they'd like some help with. So I'm going to leave you with that and come back um, on my next podcast to talk about compelling outcomes, because that's a very important uh, aspect as well. I have talked about it before, but I can always talk about it again. So um, if you're interested in finding out more about how to help your children with their learning struggles, Um, What I was talking about was from a chapter um, from my book, my latest book called Empower Your Kids, A Coaching Guide for Parents. And there are sections, there are chapters on lots of different types of issues. I'll just see if I can find the contents. So um, in the part two of the book, you've got a chapter on anger, one on anxiety, coping with change, 
fear of failure, fears and phobias, friendship and family relationships, learning struggles, low self-esteem and sleep issues. So it'd be wonderful if you could, if you could buy the book. Um, I'd love it if you'd buy it and get your signed copy from my website, which is judybartkoviak.com. Um, and uh, obviously you can buy it on Amazon and other places, but you don't get my lovely signature on that. So I look forward to connecting with you at my website. So that's Judy, J-U-D-Y, Bart Koviak, B-A-R-T-K-O-W-I-A-K.com. There's a contact form. Um, uh, there's free resources for parents, lots of freebies, blog posts. Um, there's all sorts of things on there, lots of information about what I offer and about my training um, because I train other people to do what I do because I, I think the more people who can help children, obviously, the, the better. Um, and also, you'll find that on my Contact Us page, um, there's um, the offer of a free 30-minute consultation. So you can use that for yourself, or, of course, if you think it would be helpful for your child or teen, um, you can book that for them, because sometimes just a little bit of a different angle on something can really help. Um, especially as I've had sort of way more than 25 years experience with children and I had four myself so um, I, I've always worked with children um, either in uh, market research uh, first of all um, and then um, doing um, children's therapy so I'll love you and leave you bye <laughs>